Amen. Thanks, Brittany. I got a joke for you guys this morning. And then from there, I did want to say, um, yeah, I just wanted to just give a, I don't talk a whole lot about like finances at the church. How many of you guys know that? That normally don't like hear a lot of, we talk about maybe giving once a year. But I do just want to say, you know, anybody that's just been contributing, that can keeping the church going throughout this time, especially like when we went to just streaming online and stuff like that. Um, man, just thank you so much. May God just bless your finances as you continue to give to this ministry. And I just pray the Lord's blessing on you uh, for your work, your everything else. Uh, there's no mission without any money. I don't know if everybody's aware of that. There are logistics when it comes to church. And so, like, to keep the building open, to rent the space, to do all the stuff that we want to do, God has amazing plans for this church, and it's simply by us giving and all contributing together. And so just God bless your finances as you continue to give. Thank you so much for doing that. Even, even when you're, like, watching at home, if you're at home watching right now, thank you so much for giving. These, these things, I don't know which one's on. They're phones. I can't tell. There's no red light. Yeah. A Christian middle school girl, girl, a Christian middle school for girls, wow, that was weird, was, was faced with a unique problem. A number of the girls were beginning to use lipstick and would put it on in the bathrooms. How many of you started using lipstick in middle school? Jacob, <laughs> got one. Okay, <laughs> that was fine. But <laughs> they put on their lipstick and would press their lips on the mirrors, leaving dozens of lip prints. Finally, the principal decided that something that needed to be done. She called several of the girls into the bathroom and met them there with the custodian. She explained that the lip prints were causing a major problem for the custodian who had to clean the mirrors every single day, right? It'd get annoying, wouldn't it? To demonstrate how much work they were making for the custodian, she asked them to clean one of the mirrors and had the girls watch. The custodian took a long-handled brush, dipped it in the toilet, and then proceeded to scrub down the mirror. <laughs> From then on, there was no more lip prints. Yeah. Well, today I'm going to talk to you guys about loving your neighbor, and one of the best ways to love your neighbor is to be salty, to be salty with your neighbor. And what I mean by that is not the, like, I grew up in school, and we used to make fun of each other, and when you got made fun of, it was, you're salty, you're feeling salty, somebody would brush your shoulders off, does any, anybody else grow up in the 90s? Because this is what we did, I mean, this is what we spent our entire time at school doing. And so, uh, you know, if you got made fun of in school, if, if you said something that was kind of stupid, somebody like, you're feeling salty, aren't you? So I'm inviting you to feel salty today, but not in that sense, like you, you're being made fun of, but more in a sense of Jesus is doing something amazing in you. And the best way to love your neighbors, to love your neighborhood, to love your coworkers is to actually be a lot like Jesus, which brings flavor to places. Salt brings flavor, right? And so we're going to talk about being salty. God's designed us to be salty. It says it in Matthew 5, 13. That's what we're going to be looking at today. 
Salty people that shine with the, li- the love of Jesus. So a lot of times when, when I uh, am hanging out with some people and then they ask like, you know, because work always comes up in time. They're like, so what do you do? And I say I'm a pastor. A lot of times they, a lot of people say like, oh, I could kind of see that. Sometimes they say like, I would never imagine that. Which is like, okay. So maybe I haven't been so salty in their life. And then another, another thing is, is some people just say like, I thought you were a cop. I don't know why I get called a cop a lot, but no, no, whatever. I need to grow a stash. But uh, <laughs> so a lot of times that uh, I'm either a cop or some people will say like, I knew there was something different about you. I knew there was something different, like there's something different about you. And that's, that's the way that it is in life. You know, when we're around people, the more that get, people get to know you, they're going to discover that there's something different about you. That there's something, there's flavorful, like the same drama that they get drawn into every single day, you're not so drawn into it. The same stressful situation, even in a workplace, it's not so stressful to you. That there's something different about us. And Jesus says that he's made us salty. That we can shine this light that as people are around us, they will experience there's something different about you. So we're going to be looking at Matthew 5, 13. And we're reading in the book of Matthew. This is the words of Jesus giving them one of the best sermons ever written in all of history called the Sermon on the Mount. You can't even find it on YouTube, but it was really great. <laughs> it's the Sermon on the Mount. And so what happened is like all these disciples started following Jesus. He had the 12 disciples. Then he has this crowd of people and they're seeing him do miracle after miracle after miracle. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. This is what it's like to really follow me. So you guys have been following me from town to town. You're seeing all these miracles I'm doing. But I'm going to let you in on what it's like to really be a follower of Jesus, to be a follower of him. And so he takes all these people, he puts them on the side of a hill, and he stands on the top of the hill, and he gives this address to everyone. Matthew five thirteen. he says, You are the salt of the earth. Would you say that with me? I am the salt of the earth. Go ahead and say it again. And say it like you believe it. I am the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? A lot of salty. It... It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So Jesus uses this to talk. He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to the crowd. He says specifically to the disciples, though, at this time, he says, like, hey, guys, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? And so salt at that time had two major, major reasons that you would use salt. Before Maytag, you didn't have refrigeration. Thank God for Maytag, right? And so what you'd have to do is you'd have to use a lot of salt. So if you had meat, you didn't want it to spoil, so you would salt it up. So where we got beef jerky, right? It's good, deer jerky. And so uh, they, would use, <laughs> they would use a lot of salt. So Jesus is saying that as Christians, as people that follow Jesus, you are actually bringing Jesus, your, your, your morals, your values... Are, um, are what the earth needs to hear. You perse- you're, um, 
what is the word I'm looking for? Preservatives to the world. We are the preservatives to the world. Believers in Christ are the preservatives to the world. Have you ever thought like if you weren't in a situation, if you weren't in a workplace and you weren't in a family, who would bring like the Christian values and morals to that family? If you weren't there, if people that followed Jesus and said that they, they have Jesus in their heart, if, if there were no Christians to walk the earth, if there's nobody that's following Jesus, where would we get a moral compass from? And so Jesus says, hey, you're the salt of the earth. But he also is talking in the, another use of salt as a flavor enhancer in the same way that you salt en- enhances flavor on food, the followers of Christ stand out and enhance the flavor of life to the world. So Christians living under the guidance of the Holy Spirit bring influence to the world. So where there's, where there's strife, people that follow Jesus that are salty can become peacemakers. Where there's sorrow, we can be ministers of Christ. We're binding up wounds. Where there's hatred, we are an example of Jesus' love. Jesus says that we are salty. You are salty. Mark 5 says that if you're going to lose your flavor of salt, Jesus mentions like you can actually lose the flavor of salt. In Mark 5 or Mark 9.50 it says, have salt in yourself and be at peace with each other. So you can actually like lose the flavor of your salt by like not being at peace with other people. Have you ever left salt in the drawer and then came to use it? Like maybe you're making something and it calls for a cup of salt and the salt's two years old and it's sitting in the drawer and you pull it out and you dump it on something. It's still salt, isn't it? Right? I mean, I don't know how long you guys are holding on to salt nowadays, but uh, salt is always salt, right? So why does Jesus say that we can lose our saltiness? So have you ever, have you guys used um, this before? Have you ever used seasoning salt? It's really good. Has anybody used this on steaks or anything like that? Yeah? Yeah, so good on hamburgers and stuff. So Jesus says that you're supposed to bring flavor, that you are bringing flavor to, to people's life, to your neighbor's life, the, the ones that you love, you're bringing flavor, and you're also, you know, you're showing them what it's like to be a follower of Jesus, right? And that's what he's teaching the disciples. This is what it's like. You're salty. You're bringing flavor to life. But then he says that you can lose your saltiness. And so like... Because we can get so full of the earth. Right? And so he says that you can actually be salty in him. And which is really good. And people want this. Like you want some flavor on your hamburger? If I'm going to cook you a hamburger, I'm going to throw some of this on. You'd be fine with it, right? But when I start like dumping this in here, I'm like, okay. It's, I'm be- <laughs> you can lose your saltiness because like nobody wants this. So like we're, we can be so full of the world, the full of the world's problems, full of the world's drama, full of everything else, 
that like we can lose our saltiness. And then what it becomes is it just becomes like, nobody wants you to, do you want me to dump this on your steak? It's a little bit of salt, but a lot of the world. It's not good anymore, right? And so Jesus says, you dump it out and you just use it for normal, normal dirt in the ground. So he says that what you can actually do is to be salty. Be 100% salty for Jesus. Not only are we salty, but he says that we shine a light. Verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do we light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to, the, to everyone in the house. So I just want to invite you to do something today. Would you guys close your eyes for a second? I'm not going to do anything weird, okay? I'm going to let you know right up front. I'm not going to do anything weird. What? Mm. Okay, close your eyes. Jesus says that we are the light of the world because Jesus resides in us. We are the light of the world. Trying to find your way through life without any light is so hard. There's so many people that, that don't know Jesus and don't have this relationship with him as their hope, as their guidance, as, as their peace, as their rock. And just fumbling around in the darkness trying to find their way. Not sure what the purpose of their life is here. What is, the, what is even the point of this? Just trying out different avenues, trying out different things, trying to discover their identity in, in different stuff. And it's just darkness. Just tripping and, and falling into traps. So you can see why Jesus tells the disciples... You are the light of the world. And you can give light to everyone in the house. You open your eyes. Let your light, what Jesus is doing in you, just illuminate to everyone else. That just being in your presence and what God is doing in you, the light of the world resides in us. And all of a sudden there's peace in situations. There wasn't peace just because we're there. There's hope where there wasn't hope. There's joy where there wasn't joy. Just because of what Jesus is doing in us, because of him working through us, Verse 16, the very next verse says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. 
I just love how this, if, if it ended with let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and then period, done, like end of it. So it's like, man, I got to do all this stuff. I'm working really hard and people are going to see my good deeds and then whatever, they're going to start noticing me. No, it's that they will glorify your Father in heaven, that people, as they see you as salty, as illuminating the love of Jesus Christ, they're going to be drawn into loving Jesus. They're going to they're gonna know Jesus Christ just by your life. And they're going to glorify the Father in heaven, not, man, you're such a good person. No. Like, what do you have that I don't? You know, what is it that you got that I don't? So I want that. Man, it seems like stress doesn't seem to bother you so much. Everybody's talking crazy stuff at work. That doesn't seem to bother you as much. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may glorify your Father in heaven. People get drawn to God through our life. So I just want to end with a couple of really practical ways to be salty and illuminating from this passage today. And the first way to really be salty, guys, is one, one thing, and I don't think we talk about it enough, but is, is to listen. You know, sometimes like salt... And illuminating Jesus, Jesus listened. Jesus didn't always come at people with a bunch of different answers. He listened. He stayed in the same place as them. So being a really good listener, being a good listener, using our ears, Jesus, what, what are you drawing me into? You know, who is somebody in my life that has a lot to say? <laughs> Give me the strength to listen. To be salty, it's just, just to shine the light of Jesus looks like opening up our ears and just, man, you are walking through a really tough spot. That's hard. To be a, a, some, a really good listener that people can speak to, talk to. The other way is lifestyle. St. Francis says this, is always preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. It's so good. No, just our lives actually illuminate the love of Jesus Christ. And man, there's something different about you. I noticed that. Just our lifestyle. Refusing not to gossip when others are gossiping. And refusing not to lose our cool when people really press hard. Try to jab at us. Our lifestyle can illuminate Jesus' love. Lastly is our story. Your story is powerful. You have a story that God's done in your life that just shines the love of Jesus. If Jesus has done anything in your life whatsoever, you have a story. You have a story that says his love. So I just want to give a couple of practical things for stories. Is I think a lot of us, when we think, like, I'm going to share my story with somebody and tell them about, like, what God has done in me, we think, okay, I got, like, 45 minutes with them over coffee. And the truth of the matter is, is that never, in my experience, has never really happened. What's happened a lot more is I got about two to three minutes with people to actually share something that God's done. And so for your story, keep it short and relevant. You know, it's really short to the point. Man, this is, I see that this is what you're going through. You listen to somebody's story. Man, Jesus has met me in the same exact way. And it's been God. It's been God that's changed my life. 
So you got about two or three minutes, which means you might need to practice your story. I practiced a lot of things in the mirror when I was doing a lot of sales. And so like practice your story in the mirror sometimes. Are you happy about your story or are you sad? <laughs> no, you'll know when you look in the mirror and share your story. But just like, how does my story come across? The other thing with your story is, is it relevant? Like God might have done something. You might, be, might have been a follower of Jesus like 25 years ago. That's awesome. Great. But what's happening today? You know, what's God done today? Has God been your hope in 2020? I think we all have a story. If you've been a follower of Jesus, you have found that Jesus is your hope in the middle of all circumstances this year. So it's relevant. It's relevant to today. It's something that all of us have faced. Don't always try to go back to like 1996 was amazing. And, you know, this is what happened to me then. No, like what happened? What's God doing today? And lastly, end your story with an invite. We have this amazing, life-changing story that Jesus has given us that we can be very illuminating with the love of Jesus and we can be salty with it. But it ends with an invite. You can have that today. You can have that same Jesus that changed my life around today. For me personally, I've had so many people just invest in me. You know, I was that guy that went to church and asked really hard and, and quest, uh, hard questions that I knew the answer to, but I just wanted to kind of get under Christian skin sometimes. But you know what? I had so many people that listened to me, even when, <laughs> like, they didn't want to, but they truly listened to me. And there were so many people that I was surrounded with, that their lifestyle was, was beautiful. Like they were a great father, they are a great husband. They, they, just the way I saw them interacting with their kids, I'm like, man, I want to be like that. The way I saw them serve the community, you know, and just love every single person and love me. Their lifestyle just spoke so much to me. And lastly, so I was always invited into following Jesus. People always gave that invite, like, Neil, I see where you're at, man. You're, <laughs> life's really hard right now, isn't it? I'm telling you right now that it's not that your life is really hard because it's, it's supposed to be that way. What I'm telling you is, like, here's an invite to start following Jesus today. Like, Jesus wants to take your messed up life. He forgives you of all your mess. So they invite me into following Jesus. I think I've heard the gospel message at least 4,000 times in my life. And I think that's underestimating it. And so our stories can always just end with an invite. But my life was a complete disaster. It was a complete mess. And it was just people that would listen to me, that would love me right where I was at, and then pray for me and invite me to follow Jesus. Neil, like, this isn't the life you want. The life you want is in Jesus. So these are a couple of ways to just be salty and illuminate Christ. It's a great way to love your neighbor. It's just listen, share your story, live out what you say. These are great ways that people are drawn to Jesus. I noticed this in first service, and I wasn't going to say it, but I noticed this in first service when, when I started talking about this. 
Like a lot of people, <laughs> it was like instantly like uh, this weight of, oh, that pastor guy says like I got to do all this stuff. And I just want you to know like that is not what I'm saying at all today. You don't have to do anything, okay? You don't have to do anything at all because what the word says is this. It says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It's not by what we're doing, okay? Doing is religion. And like forcing, like, hey, you need to do all this stuff. You got to start talking to people about Jesus. Like, I am not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is you are the light of the world. Like, Jesus lives inside of you. It's going to naturally happen. Jesus lives inside of you, you're going to naturally bring flavor to your workplace and to your family and to your neighborhood. So it's not this pressure of like, I got to do this stuff. I'm leaving there. I got to, you know, I should start doing more. Like that's not what, that's not what Jesus's invite is. Jesus' invite is, let me do this through you. Just let me do this through you. You're going to naturally have opportunities to share your story because Jesus is doing something in you. You're going to naturally have opportunities to live out what Christ is doing in you through your life because you love them. It's not a bunch of like, you got to do more, right? And there's so, so much freedom in that. We can just be, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Amen. Let's pray.